And by the way, if I weren't running, I would have nobody coming after me. Or if I was losing by a lot, I would have nobody coming after me. Gotta give us what we want. Uh. Gotta give us what we need. Hey. <laughs> Our freedom of speech is freedom of death. We, we got, got to fight the powers that be. Fight the power. I hope you're having a great weekend. Welcome to the BCP podcast. I am James, a.k.a. BCP, Black Conservative Patriot, Based Conservative Patriot, Blessed Conservative Patriot. I'm blessed because you are part of my BCP family and community that we have built here on the interwebs. Lovers of America, lovers of the Constitution, lovers of our God-given freedoms and liberties that are protected by the Constitution. And of course, we rail against the deep state and the Marxist, globalist, treasonous, traitors, rat bastards that are ruining our country, including the fake president, Joseph Robinette Biden Jr., who did not legitimately win the 2020 elections, but had it stolen on his behalf and is now ruining the country and taking it from America first policies under President Trump to Marxist, globalist, America last policies of the Soros Obama overlords, which are really running this country. Now, I saw this article here on Breitbart, and it's from today, July 29th, 2023. This is Saturday, July 29th, 2023, in which I'm recording this. And this article starts off pretty good, but then it takes a strange turn for me, especially being a Breitbart article. Now, if you've been with me for for years, or I probably mentioned it probably in in the recent past, but I have been a fan of Breitbart for a long time. I was a fan of Breitbart when Andrew Breitbart, the namesake, was around. I remember when it was like biggovernment.com and bighollywood.com. I just loved like this, uh, you know, this is during the whole Tea Party movement. And I I just love this like outspoken Tea Partier who they would try to call him racist and and he'd give him the middle finger and was very, uh, you know, just his bravado and his like pushing back against the BS. Andrew Breitbart was murdered. I believe he's just another victim uh, like Seth Rich and others of the, uh, I don't know if it was necessarily the Clintons, but of the deep state just uh, taking him out. You know, the the CIA has let us know that they have little injections and give people that will give them a, uh, from years ago, before the science and the biology of science that has since, obviously, I mean, we're now hacking people's DNA, right? With the false, fake bioweapon masquerading as a COVID-19. But what was it, in the 60s or 70s, the CIA said, yeah, we have an injection, we can give someone, they'll have cardiac arrest immediately and it's undetectable, right? I think that's what pretty much happened to Andrew Breitbart. They took him out in an undetectable way, or maybe it was detectable, but they just go, oh, yeah, well, you know, he just died of a heart attack. I digress though, but I remember when Breitbart was uh, bighollywood.com, biggovernment.com. So I understand that sometimes Breitbart's history is not just about politics. They do popular culture. I think it's very weird how they have a fascination sometimes on there with what people in pop culture say and what have you, and that's fine. But this article, there's just a line in here that's just just ridiculous that you wouldn't expect to see in a Breitbart article of the past, perhaps. Maybe I'm wrong for those of you who are longtime Breitbart uh, connoisseurs as well. Tell me what you think. Let me read you this article. A federal judge, and this article is part of the news I want to report on. Uh, by the way, if I haven't expressed my gratitude and how thankful we are for your support that make this show possible, 
Let me take a moment to do that now. I am so grateful and my family is grateful for your continued support, monetary support of this program, making it possible. If you're watching the video of this on Patreon, if you're watching it on Locals, we appreciate those of you who are subscribed to us uh, and watching this on Spotify and, of course, listening to this on, I think, Apple, Google, and Spotify are the biggest platforms on which we are doing this program as far as the podcast, the audio podcast version is concerned. Someone brought to my attention that we are on Stitcher that gets our RSS feed so automatically uh, picks up uh, this show. It's my understanding uh, someone sent me information that Stitcher will not be around after August. So you may want to jump on Spotify. If you're using Stitcher to get your podcasts, you might want to switch over to Apple Podcasts if you're on any kind of iOS or Apple device or Spotify or something else just to let you know. So this is part of the the Trump news I want to cover. A federal judge has dismissed a $475 million defamation lawsuit that Donald Trump filed against CNN for describing his claim that the 2020 election was stolen as the big lie. Trump, in the suit filed in a U.S. district court in Florida in October, had alleged that the use of the phrase by the cable television news network associated the former U.S. president with tactics used by Adolf Hitler. U.S. District Judge Rog uh, Singel who was appointed by Trump, the front runner for the 2024 presidential nomination, tossed out the suit on Friday. Quote, there is no question that the statements made by CNN meet their publication requirements for defamation under Florida law. The next question is whether the statements were false statements of fact. That is where Trump's defamation claims fail. The complaint statements are opinion, not factually false statements, and therefore are not actionable. CNN statements, while repugnant, were not as a matter of law, defamatory. The case will therefore be dismissed. So this Trump appointed judge is saying that it is repugnant and it is uh, defamation under the law by its manner of speech, but it's not doesn't meet the full definition of defamation by Florida law because it, it's it's a it's an opinion statement, not a factual statement. So had they presented it as a factual statement, then then President Trump would have had a case. But because there, it was it's a opinion and not factually false statement, therefore he tossed it out. Fine, no problem with the article there. In his defamation lawsuit, Trump said the network's use of the phrase the big lie was a, quote, deliberate effort by CNN to propagate to its audience an association between the plaintiff and one of the most repugnant figures in modern history, close quote. That's what Trump alleged in his defamation lawsuit. Now, honestly, at this point, no one really, we just know the big lie because the... uh, they're saying that President Trump, you know, is using the big lie. But President Trump himself has used has he like he took fake news. Remember, he used he took fake news that the CNNs and the MSNBCs were using against factual news. You know, it was fake news to talk about Uranium One in 2015, 2016. It was fake news to talk about uh, Benghazi. That was all fake news, right? And President Trump took that phrase and owned it and turned it against them and CNN became fake news. MSNBC became fake news. President Trump did the same thing with the term the big lie. The big lie was that Joe Biden is a legitimate winner of the 2020 elections. But they try to use the big lie as President Trump being some sort of Adolf Hitler-esque in trying to steal the election. But President Trump obviously took like he did 
the phrase fake news and make the big lie about their big lie that Joe Biden is a legitimate winning president. I don't think really anyone associates that term historically, maybe because people are ignorant of history. Don't think people really are thinking of the big lie and and associating Adolf Hitler with President Trump. Those who think that Trump is a Hitler type of despot already think that are going to and are going to think that no matter what because they are completely brainwashed and they're emotional and they can't deal with facts. At this point, anyone who believes the lies about President Trump deserves to live in their la-la land where reality is fluid and not reality. So here's where it, it gets uh, interesting. Trump had a caustic relationship with CNN and other major news outlets like the New York Times during the White House term, bringing them fake news and repeatedly raging against them on social media. Not a problem. Then this, the penultimate paragraph in this Breitbart article says, The twice impeached Trump, who has continued to insist falsely that he won the 2020 presidential election against Democrat Joe Biden, is to go on trail, trial, 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 to go on trial in Florida on charges of mishandling top secret government documents. Trump is also facing dozens of felony charges in a case involving hush money payments and is bracing for indictment in separate, separate state and federal investigations into his efforts to overturn the 2020 election. Okay, the twice impeached Trump who has continued to insist falsely that he won the 2020 presidential election. This this was strange. Like so I'm just reading this article from Breitbart going, man, Breitbart has fallen. And I see, and perhaps I've been doing this, I just haven't noticed it. This is not a staff writer writing for Breitbart. This is an AFP article. Now, if you're not familiar with AFP, I can't remember exactly what it stands for, but it's like the French version of a- AFP. I think it actually stands for like Associated French Press or something. But, you know, probably in French. Um, crazy. Oh, has Breitbart fallen? I loved Breitbart when Andrew was around. Tea Party news. It was just freaking awesome. That was kind of the wild, wild west. The Tea Party railing against the, the deep state. That's, I think, the first time I really heard, started using the term the deep state and... and um, the establishment and all that kind of stuff. Maybe we used that before, but it just there was a certain zeitgeist in, you know, 2012, around that time. Because I can see myself, I'm putting myself around 2012 because that was when I became the, uh, one of the, um, I wasn't an executive, but when I became one of the management at the bank I worked for. So I want to say it's about that time. And I got my, my new assistant at that time. And I remember... Just I remember being really involved in, you know, railing against Obama and his, and his failure of his first terms and being active on social media, Facebook at the time on that and and uh, how my I, I was blessed in that my my assistant, uh, J.D., I, I think she may be listening to the show, uh, J.D. shared my political views and that was very nice uh, in, a, in California where not everyone... You know, in San Diego, I, I, we were we're a San Diego bank. So, San Diego being a very big military town is not. It, it, I would say, and I, I did live in a bubble in San Diego, so I can't really say how San Diego is as a whole. But I can tell you as a whole, it is not lefty like Los Angeles. It's probably more akin to Orange County, which is not as leftist as a lot of people think. But there is a lot of military, so there is a lot of you know strong. Even today. 
with the leftist swing of Southern California, which used to be the Wild Wild West. So crazy how it happened. But even in San Diego, because of strong military presence, very conservative and very patriotic. And I just, it was awesome. I just so remember, just, I just remember this time of like really liking Breitbart News and, and, and the Tea Party movement and rolling against the failed policies of Obama and his attempt to ruin the country for another four years and being active on social media and showing my, my assistant JD some of the things that I was doing at the time. So that was uh that was that was just a very a very cool time. But man, you know, after Andrew Breitbart, who was awesome, I remember this is the guy that 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 called out um John Podesta for being a cover upper of pedophilia and other things. Uh not knowing the full story perhaps at the time that, you know, John Podesta is one of them, not just a cover upper. The spirit of Andrew Breitbart has been lost. Not that it was awesome when Steve Bannon was running Breitbart News, but those days are are gone. And now they're picking up articles from the AFP with uh dumbass statements like Trump continues to ins- insist falsely that he won the 2020 presidential election. All right, let's get into it. Uh, uh, Trump lost that with the judge throwing that out, but let's let's get into a, a Trump win here. Uh, Alvin Bragg is suffering a uh, a court loss in his ridiculous Trump case, trying to subpoena Melania Trump's emails. I mean, these guys when they go, they go for broke, don't they? So. Once again, we haven't heard Alvin Bragg's name in the news as of late, but he is obviously the New York City uh, District Attorney uh, with his crap lawsuit and his misdemeanors that he elevated to a felony indictment on the New York law saying that you can, if a whole bunch of misdemeanors are, 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 are orchestrated to hide another crime, then they can be elevated to felonies. So he's gone and gone after President Trump on a felony case based on a whole bunch of misdemeanor things because of him trying to hide a crime, which he didn't really specify in his lawsuit. The whole thing's garbage. But what Bragg was hoping to do was he was hoping to drag former First Lady Melania Trump into this whole lawfare attack on President Trump. But the uh, the New York Supreme Court Judge Juan Mercan surprisingly, actually, quashed uh, these subpoenas. There was a pair of them that were seeking Melania Trump's emails. He he argued that the uh, the subpoenas were too broad in scope. So Alvin Bragg was hoping to get Melania Trump muddied and sullied in all of this, you know, looking to harass her and embarrass her. But, uh, you know, it, it didn't it didn't work out. Bragg was also requesting President Trump's testimony in the completely fraudulent E. Jean Carroll case, of course, Carroll, a woman that Trump said he never met, somehow got a ruling that he sexually harassed her but didn't rape her. But this whole this lady thinks that rape is a fantasy, an absolute cuckoo bird. So anyway, that's let me just read you what the Epic Times is reporting on this. New York Supreme Court judge has quashed a pair of subpoenas brought by Manhattan district attorneys seeking emails sent by former First Lady Melania Trump in a case against former President Donald Trump. 
Prosecutors from Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg's office had issued a subpoena seeking emails from Melania Trump and other documents as part of Mr. Bragg's case against the former president over alleged falsification of business records. But those subpoenas were quashed by New York Supreme Court Judge Juan Mercan, who said in a ruling attached to a July 27th court filing that the subpoenas were far too broad in scope. The request for Melania Trump's emails and other documents would yield significantly more responsive records than necessary, the judge wrote in his ruling, which was issued on July 7th but made public when attached to a July 27th filing that included a letter from prosecutors to Judge Merchan seeking clarification on an unrelated matter. So this this was actually happened a couple weeks ago, but we just found out uh, just right before the weekend. Now, in other words, the thing was so so large that they would have gotten all of Melania's emails. And of course, you know, the New York Times, CNN, MSNBC, the Washington Post would have all run articles going 317,000 Melania emails, part of the investigation, right? Just bogus BS things they would have said. But Merchan is like, look, it's too broad in scope. It would have brought in too much information. Um, you know, not saying that they're not going to be able to get Melania Trump's emails, just they're going to have to be probably more specific about it. I don't think Merchan at all is on President Trump's side. He's probably just doing it, interestingly enough, as a matter of logistics and process that it, it would just create, if they if they query all her emails broadly, it's going to create too much information to go through. And I think they want to get at Trump pretty quickly. They want to, they want to streamline this thing so they can get at Trump pretty quickly. Remember, they have to try to put President Trump in jail before the 2024 primary votes coming up very fast next year. We're not done with our Trump news here for the weekend, folks. Um, President Trump yesterday lashed out on Special Counsel Jack Smith and U.S. Attorney General Merrick Garland. Let me let me take a pause here, folks. Do you understand that we dodged a bullet? Can you imagine if we would have had Merrick Garland as the as a Supreme Court uh, justice right now? How? incredibly backwards our country would be if we didn't have, and I know they have not been perfect. I have not been a a fan of Kavanaugh and um, Amy Comey Barrett. Specifically, I think they've had some pretty bad rulings. Gorsuch, if I can remember, has been a little bit more stalwart. But can you imagine if we didn't have Gorsuch, Kavanaugh, and uh, Amy Comey Barrett, we would not have the overturning of Roe v. Wade, sending it back to the states. We have not had a lot of key rulings. A refresher course, a reminder, a little bit quick trip back into recent history. They were floating and wanted Attorney General Merrick Garland to be uh, to be considered for the Supreme Court. We had um, Hillary Clinton, who was supposed to win the 2016 elections, and the very swampy. McConnell did us a solid and is like, nope, we're not going to, Obama is a lame duck president, we're not going to consider, which I think tactically was good for us, but I, you know, but I gotta, I gotta be fair here, I don't think that was, that was right in that, I mean, it was, it was the right move, how do I say this, by sounding, let me just be honest, by being fair and biased at the same time, something that I generally don't do, Um, I'm, I'm always, I'm always fair, but I'll let you know my bias. So I guess I actually do always do that. I don't want a Republican president who is a lame duck president who has the opportunity to 
put a Supreme Court justice on the bench, not be able to do it because he's in the last 11 months of his presidency. I don't think that's correct. He's still the president, even if it's his last 11 months. And if he has or she has an opportunity in the future, I think they should be afforded that opportunity. That being said, Mitch McConnell played hardball like the Democrats play hardball and didn't allow Obama to get Merrick Garland on the bench as a Supreme Court justice. Now, the Democrats, for the most part, were fine with this because they thought that Hillary Clinton would be the president, that they would steal the election on on her behalf, that she would win, and that she could put on the first woman of color. Uh, She'd be the first one to do Ketanji Brown Jackson. So it'd be the first woman president putting the first black woman because we obviously already had uh, Sotomayor on there, on, on, on the Supreme Court. So that was a plan. So the, the Democrats didn't fight too hard on that. And it backfired, and they left a whole bunch of other federal judges, Obama did, not appointed, and Trump came in. And with uh, one thing we have to be grateful for when it comes to Mitch McConnell. Did I call Mitch McConnell something else a moment ago? Did I call him Kevin McConnell? I hope not. Kevin McCarthy is the Speaker of the House. Mitch McConnell is the minority leader in the Senate. He should be the majority leader, but he's part of the swamp and allowed the whole Joe Biden fiasco to go forward and got demoted for it. Mitch McConnell did us a solid keeping Merrick Garland out of the Supreme Court. I can't even imagine how horrible the country would be. One of the lasting legacies of Trump will be his Supreme Court justices and his other judicial appointments to the bench. So anyway, yesterday, Friday, President Trump lashed out at Jack Smith. Why? Well, Jack Smith hit Trump with three additional charges in the classified document investigation. So the superseding indictment filed in the Southern District of Florida now claims that Trump was part of a scheme to delete security footage from Mar-a-Lago, which let's say if that's true, you can delete your own security footage from your own place. Like, I don't understand how this is... Okay, I'm not going to get to the legal aspects of this. But what Smith also did is he charged a third defendant in Trump's classified document case on Thursday. Now he's trying, he's trying, everyone in Trump's fear is either being indicted or being subpoenaed. Peter Navarro just said that yesterday, I think on the war room with Steve Bannon. Everyone, like, it's punishment, it's guilty by association. They want to make life hell for not just Trump, but for everyone that worked with Trump. So Jack Smith is also charging Carlos uh, de Oliveira, a maintenance worker who helped Trump aide Walt Nada move boxes of documents around at Mar-a-Lago. They're going after a maintenance worker. Give me a freaking break, uh, 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 Jack Smith. You you look like the you look like you're evil and you're doing evil things. The visage of Jack Smith. Uh, someone that looks like uh, what, what's uh, the villain from Superman 2 and also from the last Flash movie. Why am I drawing a blank? I'm not a big super... I'm a, I collect, collected and have thousands of comic books, but I can't remember. I didn't collect Superman. Zar? Uh, Zor? Zar? I can't remember. It'll come to me in a second. Um, no, it's going to bug me. Let me look it up real quick. I can't remember. I can't... Zar, right? Oh, man. Zod. 
General Zod. That's right, Zod. Why I forget? Um, Jack Smith looks like looks just like General Zod from the, the actor who played him in the second movie. Look very similar, not exactly the same. Same evil. So now he's trying to get President Trump's maintenance worker in on this thing. Absolutely crazy. Carlos de Oliveira, 56, has been added to the obstruction conspiracy charges filed in the original charges. Trump defended Walt Nada and Carlos de Oliveira. He did that yesterday on social media, posting the following. At the direction of crooked Joe Biden and his weaponized DOJ, deranged Jack Smith is attempting to destroy the lives of two fine people who have worked for me and have done a great job for a long time. They are being persecuted with one goal, to get Trump. This is textbook third world intimidation by rabid lawless prosecutors. These same craven tactics were used and failed during Russia, 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 witch hunt and other hoaxes. We will not let radical lunatics destroy our country. But then he took it even further saying in a separate truth social post, they ought to throw deranged Jack Smith and his thug prosecutors in jail with meritless, meritless Garland and Trump hating Lisa Monaco. They have totally weaponized the Department of Injustice. Whatever happened to the crooked Joe Biden boxes case? Why was Hillary Clinton allowed to delete 33,000 emails, many of them classified, after getting a subpoena from Congress? Why was Bill Clinton allowed to take tapes out of the White House in his socks? Why has no other president ever been charged? Election fraud. President Trump not pulling any punches. They want to weaponize the IRS just like they've weaponized the Justice Department and the FBI. All right. Now, Trump also was busy over the weekend with two different public appearances, one where he only had 10 minutes to speak as he was part of a group of, I believe, 13 Republican Party presidential hopefuls. And he was also uh, in Erie, Pennsylvania, or is in Erie, Pennsylvania. Uh, So what I'm going to do is I'm going to do a part two. I'm going to have another segment for you this weekend in which we'll cover that. So let's take a pause here and call call this part one. Big hug to to all of y'all. Hang tight. We'll be back uh, later this weekend with continued coverage and updates. Uh, What I want to do is I want to get the highlights from both of those events uh, in one report for you for this weekend. So hang tight. Once again, big hug to all of y'all. Thank you for your support. Please purchase some merch. Mrs. BCP is back in Utah with me. She was taking care of her aged uh, parents in California. Uh, God bless. I have the best freaking wife in the world. We've been married over 26 years. I am still on a honeymoon. I feel completely blessed. BCP stands for James is a blessed Christian patriarch because I have the you know, there's many of your excellent wives as well. I have the best wife for me that my father in heaven could have given me. And I'm so grateful for her. She is an excellent daughter as well, taking care of her parents, but she is back here. And, uh, on Monday or Tuesday, she's going to start working on the female merch, uh, going through and getting that ready so that the BCP podcast can be on more feminine merch. Uh, so that should be coming very shortly. Thanks uh, for your, um, for your, Patience on that, but please purchase uh, some of the merch that we have currently available. We have no income from YouTube or any of uh, any of that stuff. As a matter of fact, Juniorette is having a few issues on her YouTube channel. Um, we're not going to get into that, but she's on a hiatus for a, a few days uh, over there. And uh, we pre- we just appreciate your assistance. We appreciate those of you listening to this uh, on the podcast. Also, um, we're working on something very very cool. 
uh, that's going to be way more interactive as we build this BCP family of which you are a part of. So make sure you keep listening because we've got some announcements coming up uh, here in the early part of August. Until then, ciao, goodbye, God bless. Once again, I will have a part two for you this weekend. Hang tight. Give us what we want. Uh.